Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have one of the most special guests I've ever had on the show in five years. I have the one, the only, Mr. Brian Proctor, the son of the late, great Bob Proctor. I am so excited and honored and thrilled to have Brian on today. So do me a favor right now, stop everything you're doing and share this out on all your social media platforms. Let's get a million eyeballs on this today. Let's listen to Mr. Brian Proctor's story. Stay with us. We'll be right back. All right, let me bring Brian on. Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Ken. Good to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. Um, and thank you, huge thank you to Cleona for introducing us. Mm -hmm. She's been on the show, and she's an, an amazing woman also. <laughs> like, she's just yeah. a great lady. Um, so, so Brian, I started this show about five years ago, and um, it's it literally uh, was probably for selfish reasons. I was in a kind of stuck place in my life, and I thought, you know, if I just interview enough people and hear how they got unstuck, maybe I'll figure it out. And and I did; it worked. So, um, so I, I like to start with you telling everybody you know, where, where it all started, where were you born and raised? Uh, I was born and raised in Toronto, Toronto, uh, Canada, uh, Ontario, just North of uh, Lake Ontario there. Yeah. So I was, I was born and mostly raised there. We had moved around a fair bit when I was, uh, pretty young. We moved to England for a year. Uh, we came back to Toronto, lived there. Then we moved to Chicago for three years, then back to Toronto. So it was always, always back to Toronto. I, I don't know how it would be possible to even at, not ask this. What was it like for you growing up as, I mean, I, I can't imagine having a father like you had. I mean, Bob Proctor is the epitome of, of positivity and, and the law of attraction and everything else. So at five years old, <laughs> just what was it like for you at five years old to have Bob Proctor as your father? Well, you know, it's it's nobody's asked me that question in that kind of way, Ken. Um, <laughs> it was it was it was great. Uh, so you know, I never really grasped who my father was until I was older. Um, you know, to me, he was just dad. Yeah. Um, but he was he was truly a great father. I mean, he really was. He was a warm, loving man, uh, always treated me well, uh, did everything he could to, I, I think, bring me up with a strong and powerful self-image. Um, you know, when it, you ask me what it was like at five years old, I'll, I'll give you a little story. Um, and I, I've said this uh, many different times, but it really shows who he was and what he was about. Um, some of my earliest memories are when he was tucking me into bed at night. And so, you know, you, you talk about being five years old. I can remember him coming up, uh, up to the bedroom. I'd be laying in bed and dad would sit on the side of the bed. And uh, he did this every night that he was home. I, it's, it's as clear today. I'm 61 years old now. So, I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's as clear from, from way back when. I remember him sitting on the, on the edge of the bed. And he always put his hand on my chest and then he would start talking about the day and all the good things that happened that day. And if there was something bad that happened, he'd kind of switch it around and he'd talk about the good because of it. He would look for the good, even in the bad. Um, it was really, really, really good. And he would reinforce all the great things I did and what I was doing, even at that age, you know, um, wow. but here, here's the great part. 
was he would always end it this way. And again, he, he, he had his hand on me the whole time. He, he always said that that connection kind of grounds and sends the energy through. Mm-hmm. And, and he, would, he would end the, end the kind of our little session with, Brian, you are capable of being, doing, or having anything you want in this life. He says, you're going to sleep really well tonight. You're going to wake up in the morning with a big smile on your face, feeling wonderful, and start a new day. And that's wow. that's what it was like having Bob Proctor as a father at five years old. <laughs> How can you I, like that? It would be virtually impossible to not grow up and be an amazing human like, <laughs> with that kind of programming. Well, it, it, I mean, I know now, especially how 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 unique and special that was. Um, the great thing, Ken, is I got to do that with my kids. Um, you know, as they were growing up mm. and it made them just, they have great self-image and I never had issues with my kids through teenage years or anything like that. Um, I now have grandchildren and my grandchildren are being brought up in the same kind of a, a of a theme and those nightly prayers and, 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 and just that way of building self-image. Um, you know, I, I, I think if we can build a strong self-image in our children, and let them know that they are capable of anything. And that, that was the gift that my father had. He, he showed people how they could achieve anything if they focused on it. Well, what a great thing to teach our kids. I, I so totally agree. I, I actually, my wife does that with our, our youngest daughter. It's, it, it's amazing. And I discovered it just a few years ago uh-huh. that she was doing this and had been doing it since my daughter was born. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't even know that it's this positive affirmation prayer they do every single night. Right. Um, let me ask you this, like, cause now it's what a cool generational thing that's occurring. Right. So <laughs> now your grandkids are experiencing that. Did your father experience that? I don't believe he experienced that. Okay. Um, so, you know, it really started with him. Um, I don't think he had a great relationship with his father. Never heard okay. much about his father. Um, and I honestly don't even remember him. Um, his mother, he had a spectacular relationship with. Okay. You know, I called her Nan, Nanny. And, and, and you know, she was around till her mid-90s. Um, and she was a really special lady, but she grew up in a, in a time it was, you know, after the war and depression and, and uh, it, it was tough time. So she was out. I, I do know that she brought up my father and his sister and, and his brother, along with uh, my nan's mother. It yeah. was the two ladies that brought the kids up and they had to work like crazy, do whatever they could to raise the kids. So I think it was it was just one of those, you know, that time and time in the world. Um, so he, he wasn't brought up that way. He really learned all of this material. Yeah. Uh, he didn't start learning it until he was in his late twenties and that's when everything changed for him. Um, so wow. it, it was, it was pretty new. So, and how, when, how old was, what were your parents when, when they had you or started having children? I, I don't even, how many siblings do you have? So I have a brother and a sister. Okay. Um, I'm the oldest. Okay. Uh, my mom was 19 when I was born. Wow. Um, and okay. my dad would have been 28. Okay. They okay. were pretty young. Yeah. yeah. So, so that was all oh, that's right. Because in your book, which we have to talk about everybody <laughs> watching, go right now and get this book. My father knew the secret by Brian Proctor. And if you go to brianproctor.com, There are some bonuses. If you get it from brianproctor.com, there are some bonuses that you get with this, including the first five, isn't it the first five chapters? Yeah, we kind of just deliver you the first five chapters right away so you can start to read it before the book even arrives. So good, too. It is such a great, great, great book. So everybody go to brianproctor.com and pick up. And somebody please type that in the comments for me so it's clickable. So everybody watching can go grab a copy of Brian's amazing book. My father knew the secret. So, so, but that's when somebody, the year you were born is when somebody gave your father a copy of Think and Grow Rich. 
which happens to be laying right next to your book <laughs> on my desk. So, so talk about the, um, the impact that, uh, and maybe you didn't really witness a change. I, I'm not sure if you were old enough to, to witness that, but did you yeah, see I a change? I, I would not have been old enough to witness it, Ken. I've okay. obviously just heard the stories, but yeah. So dad was given the book, Think and Grow Rich in October of 1961. Wow. I was born in December of 1961. So, you know, that transformation for him started essentially when I was born. Um, you know, he was, uh, he, he was working on the Toronto Fire Department at the time. Yeah. And uh, it, I'm sure many people have heard his story. You know, he was earning $4,000 a year. Um, not getting by, he owed more than that, uh, was really <laughs> struggling. And after he got that book and he started to study it, he stepped out and started to do other things. He started to build another business. He just started to get creative. And his next year, uh, you know, he, he earned $175,000. Yeah. Well, in 1961, 62, that's a big deal. Um, and it was all because of the teachings in that book. And that's when his life really shifted. So, you know, I was kind of fortunate. I was born right when his life started to shift. Uh, you know, before that, he was always struggling. He's, he said he, he, he couldn't keep a job for very long. You know, he was just of that type of, I don't know, in that type of space at, at the time. But once, once he started studying personal development and really understood it, um, his life changed. And when his life changed so dramatically, he actually started to study why that happened. And whatever that, that teacher in him, whatever that was, yeah. he had to start teaching people what it was that changed in him and how that worked so that everybody could change their life. And that's, that was really the start of his career, uh, for lack of better words, or his mission really is probably a better word for it. You know, you and I had a conversation and, um, you said that your, your father always had wanted you to get into the the limelight and on stage and that you were kind of you never really have until now you really have started doing it um and you said to me on the phone i think he would be proud of me and i i'm, I'm positive he would be yeah. what when when you go out into the world today at 61 years old with the intention of continuing to teach and live and, and, and help other people, this legacy, mm -hmm. um, that your father left behind as you continue to create your own, what is it that you hope that you can, can do for the world? What's the biggest thing that you want to do for the world to help people get to the next level? Well, you know, Ken, it, so for me, it's really to carry on my father's legacy and his message. Um, that's the important thing. Um, when I wrote, you know, the book that you're holding up, My Father Knew the Secret, um, I started to write it uh, four years ago when dad was still around. Mm. And at that time, I started to write it because every seminar I was at, I, I mean, I, can, I, I could never count. It would be thousands upon thousands of people who always came up to me uh, over the years. What's it like having Bob Proctor as a father? So I thought, you know, I should write a book around this, what it was like, and start to share his lessons of what he taught me as his son. I thought it was going to bring a different perspective of who Bob Proctor was. And so for me, uh, my mission is really to carry on his legacy and to share the lessons that he taught me that have changed my life. You know, dad never gave me anything. He taught me the power of thought and what we can create for ourselves and would encourage me to go out in the world and do it. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's really what I've done. And this book shares, you know, the lessons that he taught me and how I acted on those lessons. That's the big key. Um, you know, it's how we act on these things. So many times we, we listen to things um, and, and we take it in and we think, well, oh, that's a good idea, but we never do anything about it. Um, you know, whereas dad was always about, you know, when you learn it, then you got to go out and take action on that. And, yeah. and it made a big difference. And, you know, you said he'd be proud. It, I, I really feel he would. You know, I, I was never big on getting on the stage and presenting, although at, at events I did do that because he wanted me up there to, to, to share some of my, uh, some of my thoughts. Um, but the funny thing is now that he's gone, I find it so easy because I'm not teaching 
the material per se. I am sharing the stories and lessons of what he taught me. So it's really easy. Um, and, and I feel a, I don't know, a calling to step out and do whatever it takes to get this message into as many people as possible. I think, I think it's important, Ken. So incredible. I, 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 I sit, you know, I said that about, about, you know, being five years old, what it was like, but you know, as we grow up as children, as all children, there's a certain point, like my daughter is just turned 13 mm -hmm. and <laughs> that's a completely different person now. I mean, we're like, my wife and I are like sometimes, and she's still our, 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 you know, both my daughters are, are precious to me, but there's a huge shift. What was it like? Cause you had, there had to have been a shift with you at 13. You're starting to come into puberty. You're getting the, you know, what was your, what was it like with your dad as you continued to grow up and, maybe even get a little chip on your shoulder. Well, <laughs> You're like, I never had a chip. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you the funny thing. Anybody that's, that's met my father, they know he's got an intuition that is like out of this world. <laughs> yeah. And uh, as a teenager, man, you couldn't get away with anything. He could see right through it all. Um, but here's the cool thing. I mean, I know he saw through whatever nonsense I was pulling off or doing. Yeah. Um, right. But he, no matter what was going on, he was always supportive. He was always behind me, um, always encouraging me. And he would let me make my own decisions, uh, right or wrong. Um, he felt that, you know, character is built when you make a decision, you go for something. Even if it's a wrong decision, you'll learn from it. And uh, he was always about that. So even, even through teenage years, um, yeah, I pulled some blunders. I did some pretty stupid things. Um, but... You know, he he never focused on that, which was kind of amazing. And he didn't harp on it. He would, again, like like when I was younger, he would turn it around. Here's the good out of this. Even when I did something that wasn't great, um, he would turn around and show me the good side of it. And he says, here's how, you know, you can make this work for you. And wow, I, I don't know. He just always, always showed me a better perspective. And I really feel that shaped a big part of who I am today. And, and it sounds like you became that same person with your children. Totally. Totally. Which, which um, is amazing. Yeah. I've always encouraged my kids in whatever they wanted to do. Um, and, and I don't certainly like my father, I don't try to make decisions for them. I think they've got to, they've got to make it on their own. Um, but they've got to make it with, you know, knowing that they've got somebody supporting them, somebody that's in their corner. That's hard to do. <laughs> it's not always easy. It's not always easy. Yeah. It's like, no, don't touch that burner. I swear it's hot. <laughs> so, so, so when, when you, um, when you, you know, got out of high school, um, were you in Toronto, I guess, through school and all of that? Yes. Um, okay. So did you go to, and I know in Canada, it's a little different than the U.S. It's college and then university is that correct or yeah there's either colleges or university okay. um so i never went to college or university both okay. my brother and sister did i didn't um i just i think i was a lot more like dad you know my father didn't either um, right yeah. i just wanted to get out and start start working and doing things um and i actually started working with him uh when i was 18 19 years old um, and wow. selling seminars and just doing work when it was back in the Bob Proctor seminar days. And it was good. It was a great learning experience. Um, I got immersed in the material, which was great. But by the yeah. time I was 25, I was, man, I got to do something different. I got to make my own mark in the world and step out and not just be, you know, here's Bob's son working in the company. What has yeah. he done? Um, and, you know, that's my own thing, but I, I had to do my own, find my own way, I guess, and 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 make my mark. So I got into real estate. Um, I started selling real estate. Um, wow. And uh, I, I went on to sell real estate for a good 12 years before I came back to the company. And uh, it was it was in, it was an incredible experience for start. But the best part was I got to take the lessons that I learned from my father in all the seminars and everything and apply it to real estate. And 
I'll never forget my my like my first month in the business. I earned crazy income, and um, I was a very high earner right from the get go. And people wow. were looking at me. How is that possible? You know, most people it takes them a little while. Um, I was in the top one hundred of a real estate major real estate firm internationally. My first year in the business. Wow. Um, so you know, it was applying these materials, and then once you know, once I got that, then it was it was easy to come back to the company, you know, and dad was always, Brian, when are you going to come back? When are you going to come back? (laughs) I knew that I could do it on my own and it made it easier and it, it just made it all work. I I have to say, because uh, look, we keep, we're, it's impossible to interview Brian Proctor without talking about your dad. So, um, you know, in, in the book you talked about, Again, everybody go get this book. I'm telling you, you will not believe how powerful it is. Um, But you talk about um, right up to the end of your father's life. He was he was still, you know, you talked about how you were you you would read a read to him, I think, at night or what throughout the day or maybe I, I don't remember what time of day it was, but you would read to him and you you didn't even know he was conscious or awake. You just were reading to him. Right. And you said, and to your surprise, he would say, read that again. (laughs) (laughs) Like he was always just so aware. It sounds like, well, you know, it's, here's the cool thing, Ken dad studied his entire life. You know, he says, if you want to be the best in your field, you need to study it every single day. And he did. He studied every day, right up until like a day or two before he he passed away. I mean, it was he was never above it, um, and that's that's a real special thing. Yeah. Um, and I, like I remember, we're in the hospital. He was in the ICU, and this was like literally a few days before he left, and um, he was not doing well. But he still wanted to to hear the message. He wanted me to read to him a book. Uh, you know, whatever it was. And like you say, it's, I'd be reading it and he would drift off. And, you know, especially at that time, he would drift off and then come back in and, you know, he was in and out. Um, But he was, like you say, he was hearing things sometimes when I thought he was maybe asleep. And then he would ask me to repeat that phrase, that statement. And then he would just say, isn't that great? Isn't that a wonderful thought? I mean, he was just always so on and just studying. And, you know, the cool thing about my father was he taught me how to treat other people. Um, he was always kind to people. You know, you, uh, you've read it in, in the, that first chapter in the book. I mean, that was, that was probably the hardest chapter for me to write. I'm sure it was. I thought about that actually, as I was reading it, like yeah. this had to be hard to write. Wow. It, it was tough. And, but you know, he, he was in the hospital, not doing well, wanted to come home so that he could pass away at home. And he was taking, all the doctors were saying, no, you got to stay here. And he just wouldn't have anything to do with it. He wanted to go home to pass away. And that was, that was his deal. And right until the end, if he knew what he wanted, he did whatever it took to get there. There's a, there's a lesson in that in itself, but how he treated the people in the hospital when he was not doing well, you know, nurses would come in and they'd be poking and prod and trying to get other IVs in. They couldn't find the vein and, and, you know, a lot of people get pretty crusty and grumpy when that kind of thing starts happening. Yeah. And, and, and if, you know, my father, he was not big on that stuff, but my God, he was so kind to these people. And that I'll never forget that one nurse must've stuck him five or six different times. And she just kept apologizing. And I'll never forget dad put his hand on her hand. And he said, dear, you're doing a great job. Don't worry about it. You just do whatever it takes. It was like, wow. Even in times like that, he made that lady feel special. And, you know, that's, there's a lot of power in that. Here's my friend, Jen says, he laid his hand on my shoulder and spoke some powerful words over me at his conference in Los Angeles. Uh, I'll never forget that moment. That, that, but that's the, now did the, the nurses, I'm just curious, did they know who he was? I mean, like really know who Bob Proctor was. Well, some of them did and some of them didn't. Right. Um, which was great. You know, the ones that did, they were like, I can't believe Bob Proctor's here. <laughs> and, and others didn't have a clue who he was. Um, you know, that was, no, great was Bob Proctor. <laughs> yeah. Was, you know, who is this guy? Um, right. You know, which was 
I, I always liked that, you know, and I think he kind of liked being anonymous. Yeah. Uh, you know, we'd be out sometimes and, and he'd be anonymous. It was great. And other times, you know, people would see him and it was just, you know, you'd, you'd get all kinds of reactions, but yeah. Yeah. So you did, so you, you went into real estate and um, killed it and then decided what made you decide to leave real estate and go back to working for the company? So, yeah. The honest answer is I started getting into the grind of real estate. Um, I'd been in it for quite a few years and it became a bit of a grind. Mm. You, you had to really be available for your clients if you're going to do well at it at yeah. all hours. Um, at that time I was a, I was a single father and I was really doing everything I could for the kids. Um, and it was just, it was a lot. I was out at nights. I was out on weekends. God, I remember taking the kids when I couldn't get a babysitter or something, I would take the kids on appointments with me. I mean, it was that crazy. Um, Jeez. So, so I was just looking for a simpler way of life. Um, you know, the grind and the competition of real estate at that time was just starting to wear on me. Yeah. And, uh, and I thought, you know what, I did it. I know I can do it on my own. Um, Dad and I always had a very unique and special relationship. We were, we were not only father and son, we were very close friends. And so it was kind of a natural thing. It was like, yeah, you know what, I'm, I'm ready to come back and let me see what I can do to, to help the company further um, and, and put my kind of mark on it as well. So I did. And as you did, and I know you, you were in the mark, you ran, did you run marketing? Is that what you're. So I was involved in marketing. You know, I look at your, your whole theme of your podcast, breaking through walls. And <laughs> I think you'll like this story. So back in 2000, that's roughly when I, I, it was maybe a year after I came back to work with them. Um, I had been selling events and seminars and I really wasn't enjoying it. Um, I wanted to find another way to contribute. So I started up this thing where uh, this was back in 2000, uh, where I would collect email addresses from people and I would send them valuable content. And this was in the day that uh, email lists were not a thing then. Right. Um, it was I was really new to that industry. Uh, you know, today there's there's platforms where you can have emails going out to groups and everything else. Back in 2000, there wasn't that kind of thing. Um, so, but I knew that there'd be value in it. Um, I, I, I don't know why. And that was really the foundation of uh, our, our company because we built such a large email list and such a group of followers that we stayed in contact with. It helped propel us further. Wow. But it was tough. In 2000, you talk about breaking through walls. Right. That was tough. I was, I ended up, I was like just being a programmer because I had to do everything from my computer. Um, it was, there was no web-based apps at that point. Um, I had to, it, when somebody wanted to be added to the list, I had to add them on. If they wanted to unsubscribe, I had to take them out. Um, I had to send the emails one at a time. Then I'd find a program that I could send out a whole bunch through the computer. Well, then my, my internet provider shut me down because they thought I was spamming because I was sending out so many emails so yeah. I had to, to them that, you know, no, these people want to receive this message. Right. There were so many hurdles back in the early days. Um, you know, it, it, but I knew that I was onto something and I, I think probably more importantly, I knew I was delivering something that had value that could help people. Yeah. Um, and that's what kept me focused and kept me going even when things got really tough and was struggling to make this thing work. And now, I mean, it, you know, it, as you know, there's, there's apps and everything out there that make it really easy, but back then there wasn't. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. You know, I, I, um, I think that again, coming from, did Bob graduate high school? He did not even graduate high school. I didn't think so. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know Brian Tracy didn't either. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't graduate high school. And I remember when I, when I learned that Brian Tracy hadn't, I'm like, well, then maybe there's hope for me. <laughs> you know? So, um, but I think, I think about, I think about that. And I think about the insecurities I've experienced personally going through, you know, early on, you're like, I'm a high school dropout. Why does anybody want to hear from me? You know, how did, did you ever see that with your dad? Like that, that he, you know, had that 
like I didn't graduate high school thing or I, I never went to college. Did you ever have that? Like that insecurity of I didn't get a college degree. You know what, Ken? I never had that insecurity around it. It didn't matter to me. And I know my father didn't. That's now, awesome. I do know that there were times over the course of his career that he did not get into some companies to speak or to teach their people because he didn't, which was incredible. That's um, pathetic. Yeah, it is pathetic. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but but you know pathetic. what? It did not matter to him. He knew the value of what he was teaching. And he knew that if people would take this material and here's the most important part, step out and take action, yep. they could change their lives. It made no difference whether you had a college education or not. Now I'm not saying a college education isn't a great thing. It is of course. Um, and it, it gives you specialized knowledge in whatever way you want your life to go. Yep. But the fact is, we can still be successful without it. And I know there's probably a lot of people watching here that don't have it and maybe let it affect their self-image. You shouldn't. Because if you have an idea, if you something you, you really want to chase, boy, if you step out and take action on it and you do something every day, you'll become great at it and, and you'll be a success. So, you know, I, I love the fact that you just brought up the self-image thing. It, I think that this is just my opinion based on hearing the opinions of people like your father and a lot of other great people. Um, and, you know, even though your father's one of my heroes, the more I dig into your book, you're quickly becoming one of my heroes as well. So, um, but you know, when I, when I think about self image and how, um, how it's so important to have a good positive self-image if you want to experience anything good in life, right? right? What are some words of wisdom that you could share with the audience? If somebody is going through a struggle right now of having low self-image, low self-esteem, they can't seem to get it right. Um, what would you say to that person to help push that around? I'm going to give you full screen for this too, by the way. So I'm still here though. <laughs> okay. Well, here's the big deal. Um, Dad always had a, a statement that I really resonated with and loved. He said to me, he says, would you be friends with somebody that talked to you the way you talk to yourself? That's an so powerful. An interesting question. So powerful. And, and uh, you know, that's where it starts. How do you talk to yourself? You know, do you tell yourself positive things or do you tell yourself negative things? And another statement he, that he always made, he said, you can't change the time you got out of bed this morning. And I always loved that, but there's meaning to it. You can't change what's happened in the past. What's in the past is in the past and it's happened. You can't change it. All you can do is focus on the now. So if you want to change your self-image, you want to love yourself a little bit more, you have to do a couple of things. Number one, you have to forgive yourself for whatever you've done in your past. Let it go. You know, that was a big thing dad always said, let it go. And the other thing is you have to start speaking good to yourself. Your words are everything. And the words that you speak to yourself are more powerful than you can ever imagine. Yeah. So what can you say to yourself? What can you do in the here and now to be a better version of you? And if you want to have a better self-image and you want to have a better life, start living in the present. You know, people that get anxious or worried um, or, or, or experiencing, you know, all these anxieties and everything else. It's because they're not living in the present moment. They're living into a future that they're afraid of yeah. or a past that there may be shameful of, or had something happen to them that's affected them in a negative way. We can't change any of that. And I'm not saying things that have happened to our past are, are, are uh, not to be remembered or that didn't form a part of who we are. But the key is, if it's not serving us, we need to find a way to let it go. And the easiest way to do that is to focus on the here and now. What can I do right now in this very moment to make my day better? If we can start living more in the present moment, we're going to have a way better life, Ken. And that's it. And it, it, you know, dad always did a thing on the stage, always made me laugh. It made some of the audience uncomfortable and other people laugh. He'd always stand up on the stage and eat. He start kissing himself and he says, I love myself, you know, 
And that's what we have to do. If, if we want a better life, we have to start loving ourselves first and speak to ourselves in a loving and positive way. We can do that. Everything else will start to change. I'm not promising you that it'll change overnight, but boy, the more you can stay focused on that and be aware, that's the key is that awareness, the better your life is going to be. And, and if you start doing that, uh, you know, can you know, I mean, like you said, you started breaking through walls because yeah. of this. Yeah. Well, you know that over time, all of a sudden it's like, wow, I'm living a better life. I didn't even realize how it happened. And it's yeah. because you just focused on the here and now and you kept on the positive. If people knew, and this is kind of a statement and a question at the same time, but if people knew the end result, <laughs> Tom, Tom Chanel said, I saw Ken kissing himself. Once. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, but, you know, I, I, if people knew that if you continue to do th that's the thing that gets me because I, I remember having Brian on Brian Tracy on the show. And I said, you know, because he's talking about write it down, write it down, write it down. You talk about that in your book. In fact, I got to show everybody like at the end of every chapter, there's there's something to consider and some words of wisdom and things to ask yourself. And then there's a, a note section at the end of every chapter, which is so awesome go get the book guys, everybody get the book. Um, but you know, when, when it comes to getting people to like, if they knew that if they just consistently would do a little bit more to get a little bit better every single day, that over time that compounds into greatness, but right. people, people don't do it. They don't do the work. Right. I, I've heard a, a staggering statistic that 80% of all books are never even opened that are, that are purchased, mm -hmm. which is heartbreaking. Like what? There's millions of dollars in it, billions, trillions of dollars in of knowledge in these books. And people don't even, they buy them to make themselves feel better and then never do anything with it. How do we change that? Well, awareness is where it all starts, Ken. We have to become aware of it. And, and I'm not afraid to say when, when, when things are bad and we're in a bad place and we're down, it's hard to look for the positive. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. Think, yeah. oh, well, you don't know what it's like, you know? Right. Um, and I, we have all had bad times. I'm not going to say I've never had a bad time in my life. I've had some terrible times in my life. And during those times when I wallowed in the down and the yep. things that were not great, yep. I was only hurting myself, you know, um, what got me out of it was when I would shift my head, become aware of what I was doing and start thinking, Hey, you know what? There's some good in my life. You know, we always talk about what do you, you know, what are you grateful for? Um, that was a big deal with that. What are you grateful for? He was always grateful for everything, even the bad stuff. He yeah. was grateful for it because there was something good out of it. And I've experienced some terrible stuff in my life. And at the time it was, you know, not good, but I look back on it now from a point of view that I am grateful for what happened because, because of that, it caused me to be more of who I am. It caused me to do things differently that enabled me to elevate my life into a different point. And it all comes down to awareness. And when you're down, I know it's hard to see out of it, but all you got to do is start looking for just even little nuggets of good and start focusing on that, put your energy on that. And the more you can do that, the, the, the more you'll get out of it. And that's really how it, how it all works. It all comes back to living in the present moment. And what can I do right now to have a better version of me? Yes. Um, it's not always easy. Sometimes that's very difficult to do. But boy, if you want a better life, you want to get out of that, you got to do it. You got to, you got to put in the work. Uh, before I share with you my favorite, I want to hear from you. What's your favorite um, book or talk that your father did? Hmm. Well, books, that's a tough one. Um, 
That's a really tough one. I've got one on my desk right now. Um, Let's see it. It's called Your Invisible Power by Genevieve B. Rand. Mm. Uh, that is a book, you know, obviously my father introduced me to many years ago. Um, I really enjoy it. It was written quite a while ago, it, but it's it's really got some great nuggets in it. I really, really like it. And it it really shows you the power that you have in your mind and in your thoughts. You know, our thoughts are everything. Um, so it's, it, you know, it, it really gets into that. My favorite probably talk with my father or what he taught in the seminars was all around goal achieving. Um, you know, I loved, I remember back in my real estate days, I would just take off after I came back home from a goal achieving seminar. And the reason for that is, you know, most of us live day to day without a clear set goal. Very few people actually have a big goal. And a goal is not just, I want this car or something that you know how to get. You know, dad always taught that you needed to have a goal that you didn't have a clue how you were going to achieve it. But it had to be something that inspired you, something you really wanted. And if it's something you really want and you don't know how to get it, that's that's there's inspiration in that. And it will cause you to step out and do things in a day that you wouldn't have normally done. Uh, you know, I've got I've got big goals for this book. Big goals, Ken. Um, and as you know, you don't get rich on a book. So this for me is not about the money. It's about the message. Yep. And I I am now stepping out and doing whatever it takes. I'm getting on shows. I'm I'm doing whatever it takes to fulfill that goal. And my goal is it's a big number of books and I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I do know that if I keep stepping into it and just step in and do whatever I can do each particular day in the present moment, I will get there. And that's, that was the big thing that I learned from dad. Um, You know, we need something big that's going to cause us to do the uncomfortable and to step out and do things we would not normally do. You know, Brian, I, I love this topic. This is my favorite topic, actually. Um, you know, I, I saw somebody on Instagram or something the other day saying, well, you have to set realistic goals. <laughs> and I'm like, unfollow. Because <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? No, that's the problem with the world is everybody wants to be held down by somebody else's beliefs. And, and I think that, that, and again, I'm leading into a question with the people who are being held down by, by, you know, get your head out of the clouds and be realistic. I'm a realist. I've heard that one before. Like, well, I, I, yeah, but I'm just a realist and you know, that's just not real. And maybe it's not real for you, but for me, it's going to be real. Right. Right. How do you get somebody to shift that mindset or is, is it even possible? I, I, I believe it's possible. I mean, you know, there's there's no inspiration in realism, you know, right. um, and this world wasn't changed. Things weren't created because somebody was just being real. They had a dream. They had an idea and they stepped out and took action on it and they did it uh, when they first started. Uh, they probably had all kinds of people saying that. What, what are you thinking? What do you why? Why do you think you could do this? Yet they right. just they ignored that feedback. They focused on what they wanted and went out and do it. You know, Dad always said you you should your want should be something as it's like if you had a magic wand, and if you could have a magic wand, what would you what would you ask for? Whatever that is, um, that's what you have to start looking at. Um, you know, I. I I did some big things where I was doing, I was going after this home I live in. Um, it required a lot to do this place. And it was maybe a little crazy to do because I could have used the money to be more comfortable or, or whatever, whatever it may be. And I had people saying, Brian, why would you step out and do that now at this stage in your life? You live in a beautiful place. Why don't you just stay there? And it's like, wow, that there's no inspiration in that. And dad always said, you know, it's, it's when we're inspired that we will do something different. And when we live from an inspired place and step out and do things differently, yes, we're going to have people, probably some that are the closest ones to us, knocking yeah. us down because we're changing. 
And when we change, we're forcing somebody else to change because they're seeing a different version of us. And that can be hard. Um, but if we keep hammering through it and we put that out of our head, not only will we change, but we'll bring people along with us because other people will see what we're doing and we'll see, hey, that is possible. And then they're right in line with you. And it's a great way to live. Ken. You know, I think about um, your father um, is perhaps one of the greatest spiritual teachers I've ever known, at least in our lifetime. Um, and Dr. Wayne Dyer is one of my favorites as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I think about they, they, both of them taught, you know, you, you change your thinking, change your life, your thoughts, you know, become reality. And, and, and I, I, I think about when they were at the end of the road, mm -hmm. so to speak, did, do, do you think that it ever, they ever thought, wait a minute, I can, I can change this outcome with my thoughts or how, how I, I don't know how to ask that question exactly. Like I know Wayne, you know, passed on from cancer mm -hmm. and, but yet he taught healing, right? right? Yep. How do you, how do you, um, I, how I do understand. you make sense of that? I guess. Yeah, you know what, Ken, I, I've had a lot of people online and everywhere else, um, they've, made, they've made a statement that, you know, Bob taught us that we could do anything. We could, we could change anything in our life. Well, why did he die, you know, if, if, he, if he knew that? Well, here's, here's the deal. We can't escape death. Right. Everybody dies at some point. Right, right. So, you know, we can't escape that. And... Uh, it's not that we can't change things. We definitely can. Yeah. We're never going to live forever. Uh, right. That's just not the way our bodies are designed. Right. And at the end, dad knew it was his time. It wasn't a question of his mindset. Um, he just knew his body was at the point that it was it was his time. Yeah. Here's here's the interesting thing was he was good with it. He was OK with it. Um, wow. He's changed my perspective of death, to be quite honest with you. Really? Now, I also think we're, we were, every, everybody in, in my father's life, we were also very gifted. We got to spend the last few days with him knowing that it was the last few days. And everybody got to say what they felt they needed to say or hear, wow. uh, which is a gift. And I know we don't all get that. But the simple fact of that, of, you know, the original thing is that we're not going to live forever. Um, yes, we can do things to, to live longer for sure. And I know my father did things that caused him to live longer. Yeah. That's the key. Um, are we going to live forever? I don't know, unless something, you know, I'm not going to say that's not possible, but, uh, at, at this point in the in the world, you know, I just don't know. We don't have evidence of that being true yet. Correct. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That four minute mile has yet to be broken. <laughs> so, but but I I love I love your answer because I've thought about that a lot. You know, when it came to like Doctor Dyer, I was like, dude, what? <laughs> like I couldn't even believe it. It hit me like a brick. Right. Um, you know, my wife says, and I, I, I totally agree with her. Um, not only do you look like your dad, you have the same exact smile as your dad, by the way. I'm sure you've heard that. I have um, heard he, that. I, I have a little less hair than he had. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did have a little more hair, let's be honest. But that comes from your mother's side. So, um, But she says, you deliver an amazing mix of his message and yours. You're carrying on his legacy but also creating your own with your take on this life-changing information. I totally agree with that. Okay. Um, a couple of questions that I always ask on, on, on this show, and I cannot believe that we're already coming up to the end of this, this show. Um, number one is I, for the longest time, believed that, you know, money was the root of all evil and that having money was a bad thing. Rich people were all out to hurt you and yada, yada. all the, all the, the false negative beliefs. Um, when, 
I want to know what you think holds people back in life from having it all, from having all the money, the, the wealth, the real wealth, financial freedom, um, freedom in life and real joy and happiness. And the number one answer to that question is fear. I have a feeling you're going to do better than fear. <laughs> but what do you think stopping people from having wealth and abundance and joy in every area of their life? Well, you know, my father always said he, he, he loved to use the word paradigm. And he says, mm. it's our paradigm. It's how we were brought up. It's what we were what we were led to believe. And, you know, you talk about money and money is the root of all evil or whatever. Like, where did that even come from? Um, you know, right. dad always, he was always very clear. He always said money is just a tool. It's an instrument. That's it. And he said, you know, it's the person when they receive it are good or bad. You know, there's some people that have a lot of money that are really good and do a lot of good with it. There's other people that have a lot of money that are just not so good. You know, they're kind of <laughs> people and. You know, it is what it is. Dad always said you become more of what you already are when you have more money. Um, and boy, I watched that with him. You know, dad really earned a lot of money. And especially yeah. towards the end of his life. Do you know, he gave more money away than I can even imagine. He did more good things with it. He helped all kinds of causes, all kinds of people. Um he did so much good with it. He just become became a better man because of it. And he did more to change the world and things around him because mm. of it. So that was kind of the, that was a cool thing. Uh, you know, yeah. money made him a better person. I've seen other people that have earned a lot of money and they become a more negative, nasty person. It's just more of who they are. That's, and, 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 you know, we're not going to change that person. Right. Um, you know, we've always been taught you shouldn't try to change somebody. They are what they are. All we can do is change ourselves and let those that want to come with us come along with us. Um, wow. And and that's that's a great way to live. What what can we do to change our viewpoint on that? So what I would say, Ken, is that people that have a negative association with money or anything else start to give some thought as to why. What's what's causing that in your head? And then start to think, boy, if I had more, what good could I do with it? It's a great way to start thinking about it. And what if I was to step out and bet on myself? What's the worst that's going to happen? I might fail. Well, that's okay. I mean, we fail at things all the time. Um, but what happens if all of a sudden you're a success because of what you stepped out to do? Boy, there's something kind of cool to think about. And then what would I do with that success? Think about right. that. You know, we just have to start to look for the good around us and what we can do. Um, you know, my father was always about leaving everybody he came in contact with, with what he liked to call the impression of increase. What can I do to make somebody have a better day, feel better about themselves because they came in contact with me today? If we can start living like that, we're going to have a better life. But we're going to we're going to change other lives along the way because we'll make other people feel better about themselves. It's a great way to live. Wow. So powerful. You know, I, I was, I told you I was <clears throat> communicating with Gina mm -hmm. um, prior to your father getting sick, or maybe it was right when he was starting to. Um, and of course she didn't tell me that, but right. I, um, and I, I, I was looking at her emails last night and um, her signature at the end says, um, um, I, I don't remember. It's something like expect abundance or expect, um, which is just amazing. Cause I'm, you know, I'm sure that comes, that trickles down from your father, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so amazing what, what he created, um, not just his legacy, but what he created in you and, and what you're doing for the world. If somebody were to call you, this is the last question I have. If somebody called you up and said, Brian, I have tried everything. I mean, I've tried everything mm -hmm. and my car was just repoed. My electric is being shut off tomorrow. I can't feed my kids. I don't know what the heck I'm doing wrong. I don't know which way to go. What would you say to that person to help them change in the moment? 
So will they change in the moment? Possibly, and maybe not. Um, what I would say is start to study positive material. That's the time you need to study it more than ever. Um, when you've got a lot going on bad in your life, you're going to keep attracting more. What are you thinking about? If you're thinking about, I can't pay the car, I've, I've lost it, it's been repossessed. How am I going to pay the mortgage? How am I going to take care of the kids? That's the self-talk that's pretty negative. Um, and, you know, it's always been said we attract what we think about. Well, what are we giving energy to? Are we giving energy to the negative? So I'm not saying that this is easy, Ken, but we have to start thinking from a different viewpoint. And the best way to do that is to pick up books, watch YouTube, uh, look for positive lessons, valuable information that will change the way you're thinking. I sincerely feel this book I wrote will do that for you. And I say that because this book isn't about me. Um, that's, what, that's, that's why I'm so confident in promoting it. This book is about my father and it's about the lessons that he taught me that I used. And it will teach you things, it will show you things and you, you've started to read it. So you know it's in, in a nice story format that really lets the lesson kind of show itself. And then I, I put consider points, you know, how can you apply this to your life right now? Yeah. And that's what you have to start to do. When, when everything's bad, you have to start to study positive material. But then aside from that, you have to look at what can I do to take action now upon that? And your life will change. It might take a month. It might take a year. But your life will change if you focus on that, no matter what's going on around us. Um, I'm not saying that that's an easy thing to do, Ken. It's not. Um, and sometimes when you've got the negative hitting you to look at something positive, you just want to throw it away and say, what are you, you're crazy. Well, <laughs> um, that's, that is the time you need to embrace it more than ever. So true. It's so true. Oh my goodness. Brian, I, um, first off, I'm very, very grateful for you the book that you've written and, and I'm going to say it one more time. I have it scrolling across the bottom of the screen. You can go to Amazon and get a copy. You can go to brianproctor.com and get a copy along with all the bonus materials. Um, and I won't give away all the bonus materials on here, but trust me, you want these bonus materials there's there's a little special zoom thing coming up that's part of it but like you've you've got to get on brian proctor now if you go to amazon you don't get the bonuses so go to brianproctor.com click on that and then follow the instructions and 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 get a copy of this book and um it it'll change your life brian is there anything else you'd like to say to the audience before we wrap this up you know, my big thing is just, um, I, number one, Ken, thank you very much for having me on. I really, oh, really my, appreciate it. My honor. My um, honor. You know, the, the, the big thing is watch how you talk to yourself. You know, we talked about this earlier. Um, the words that we choose, the emotions that we entertain, they do shape our life and they shape our day. So the key is to become more aware of what we're thinking. That always taught that. It's awareness is where we'll start to, you know, accept change and pick something, pick a goal that you don't know how you're going to achieve, but something that inspires you and pick something that's going to cause you to step out and do things that you wouldn't normally do. That, that to me is the key to growth and it's the key to living a better life. And mm. uh, that's, that's really how I, by, by the way, I want to point out that is a gorgeous painting Thank your you. Father behind you. So that painting, I have to say, uh, I got that maybe three or four days ago. Oh. My mother-in-law is an artist and uh, she wow. painted that for me. And I'm not afraid to say it. it was so touching. When I saw that, it just, it's like, oh my God, there's, oh. a, you know, she, she got my father so perfectly. Yeah. Wow. That, yes, it's beautiful. Yeah, so as soon as I saw it, I thought, man, this is going up in the office. I'm going to yeah. let, let the world see it. Heck yeah. yes. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well done, mother-in-law. That's <laughs> so awesome. 
Brian, thank you. I, I, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. I'm so grateful um, to have had you on. Everybody, make sure that you go to brianproctor.com. I would imagine your social media links are on, on the site there. Uh, they are. Yep. You. yep. Okay. Um, go over to brianproctor.com. Get a copy of the book. Get the bonuses. And, and follow Brian everywhere. I think we might even be doing a, an Amazon Live here soon. So um, just, just make sure you follow Brian. I'm going to end the live stream, Brian, if you would stay with me and, and yeah. so we can chat real quick. But thank you to everybody that's been on here. If you have not shared this out yet, you there is time for you to redeem yourself. <laughs> and and go ahead and share this out with everybody. This has been amazing. Brian Proctor, thank you so very much. And we will see you all really, really soon. Take care and have a great day. Thanks so much. Thank you.